I've got another story for you today, and I don't have a ton of time, so I'm going to try and keep it quick. I want to quickly say that today was a really exciting day for me because I recorded uh, one of the first interviews for our other podcast, and it was just super encouraging and validating, but also incredibly hard. There were technical issues which were entirely outside of my control, and that's just the way that things go sometimes. And I tried to do my best to stay in it and make the best of it. And honestly, the guests did an incredible job. I got to the end and left the call and just sort of cried in my hands for a little bit. Um, And I was just overwhelmed both at how validating the conversation was and how excited I am for what I'm doing and how there's always something that can bite you in the butt. Um, and that's just how it goes sometimes. So there were some lessons learned, but honestly, it was one of those things that you can't know until you run into it. So moving on. So the story I want to talk about today is about what I did this last weekend. If you follow me on social media, you may have seen pictures and or video of myself in Vermont with Matt Fraser. Um, you may not know who Matt Fraser is. He is the five time CrossFit games champion colloquially known as the fittest man on earth and he was a big part of inspiring me to start my fitness journey so it was really cool to spend time with him but it is also not the first time that we've spent time together so I wanted to quickly tell the backstory which I have talked about a little bit but I don't know that I've ever really gotten into so I you know as I think I mentioned in in my little video where I showed Matt and if you haven't seen that you should go see it it's on uh, it's on Instagram YouTube Facebook all that stuff but I, when I was deciding to get back in shape, I was skimming around YouTube for content and I found these roads, road to the games documentaries that these guys who worked for CrossFit HQ were doing. Uh, these two guys, Heber and Marston were going around making some really cool content. And I just thought the stories were cool. The athletes were cool. The way they were telling the story was cool. And it was all very inspirational and engaging for me in a way that made me want to be a part of it. And so I remember specifically one of the first Uh, videos I saw was this video of this guy, Matt, snatching 300 pounds straight from the ground over his head and standing up with it. And I was like, man, that's like a a heavy deadlift for most people I know. So whatever these guys are doing is crazy. And I ended up going to my local CrossFit gym and offering to do videos in exchange for a membership and to be a part of the community there and help them with media. And that ended up leading to a whole bunch of changes in my life. It was a big part of me getting my health back. It led to connections with people who are now some of my best friends and some of the people who I get to work with and just share life with. And so it was crazy that like a year later, oh, so actually a part of the story that I almost forgot, a few months after sort of starting all this CrossFit stuff, I reached out to Heber because I was still doing this podcast in its first iteration. I said, hey, man, would you be interested in doing a podcast? And he was like, yeah, we're actually at the games and would love to record one while you're there. So Heber and I had this conversation while he was at the games, and that podcast never ended up getting released. I think it was the last one that we recorded before I ended up fully sort of shutting the podcast down for a while. But we had this connection and had a really good conversation. So a year later, you know, I've still been fitnessing it up, and Uh, Heber posts on Instagram that they're looking for some help working on their next games documentary. And I was like, I'm all over this. So I remember reaching out 
And I think I was in Nashville actually working on something else when the opportunity came up. I might have been working on making Moonrakers. But it was one of these situations where there were a few different opportunities that all popped at once. The one that made the most sense for me was to go be a part of this thing that had been a part of my story. And so I went out there for a few days and got to help those guys, brought the Amira, did a lot of event coverage, did a lot of media managing, did a lot of running around and sort of helping direct the team. And it was a little bit of like a hodgepodge of they were doing their documentary stuff, also working on their YouTube show. They had some other guys helping them who were also shooting for other clients. So I got to be a part of sort of just running air traffic control and making sure we had all the media managed and that everything looked as good as it could. And in many ways, I was a very small part of a very big puzzle that made that documentary come together. But it was really cool to be a part of telling a story that had been a part of my story. And it was honestly so surreal to get there and to just be like surrounded by all these people you've sort of seen in the movies and be like, oh, this is this is real. I'm like in in my movie right now. So that was the first big opportunity we had. And, and honestly, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, I never know what'll come of this, but it was worth it for the experience. And so they ended up going on to do a bunch of other stuff. We didn't talk for a while. And then they were coming to Boston, I think last year, beginning of last year. And they were shooting a YouTube episode in Boston. And they were like, Hey man, would you like to come hang and like shoot something for us? And you know, I think their shooter budget was like a couple hundred bucks. You know, they're mostly looking for these more like vlog media creator type people. And so I could have been like, no, man, that's not my rate. But I was like, this is going to be fun. I like these guys. This is part of where I would like to be. So I'm just going to go be helpful. And so I did. I went out there, brought my gear, got to be a part of what they were doing. We ended up getting pizza after and just sort of talking about how I was inspired by their story because Heber and Marston had been let go by CrossFit HQ when CrossFit fired their whole media team. And they had pivoted into making original content. They ended up doing a YouTube show called The Buttery Bros. They you know, have made it work through merch and sponsorship and being a part of events. And they have this whole little ecosystem going on where they get to make stuff and tell stories they love and sort of like be... Obviously, they're a part of a lot of things going on, but I think part of what I really thought was cool about it was like they got to show up in this space that they have been a part of and to really highlight what was awesome about it and to be a part of that story themselves. I think that was something that I had always aspired to. You know, when I first got into filmmaking, I had looked up to um, people like Julian Smith, people like the Corridor Digital guys. Uh, Rooster Teeth was a media company that I was just a massive fan of and a massive fan of their story. And so I, you know, I sort of ended up deviating into film and I've always had this very artistic impression on the world, but I had this sense that like, I would love to make those things work together again. And so, you know, I remember talking to Heber and Mars and I think they honestly sort of were like, well, what would you need to do? What would we need to give you to make you a part of our team? And I was like, I honestly don't know that that's my story right now, but I'm going to keep working on figuring this out. And that was another inflection point that ended up pointing me towards what I ended up doing with Challenger. And they were another inflection point of me going like, I think it's possible to do this. You know, so Matt was someone who showed me what it was possible to do with my body. Not that I took it that far, but (laughs) Heber and Marston were one of the people who showed me that like, hey, you can like 
make original content and do things you love and, you know, have fun doing it and not worry about the lights going off every night. So that was a part of that story. And then again, we sort of didn't talk for a little while. And then in November, I got a call that Matt and Sammy, uh, Sammy is Matt's wife, needed help because they had these athletes, Justin Medeiros, who had just won the CrossFit Games because Matt had retired. And so someone else finally got the win. And Mal O'Brien, who was rookie of the year, she was 17, had finished fifth overall, were coming up to have like a training session and hang out with Matt. And they were like, we want to capture this. We don't know what it's going to be, but we would we would love some help. Um, and our normal guys in here, so they called Heber. Heber gave them my name. And so we had met back at the games documentary, but, you know, just in passing, really. Uh, I, I got to light Matt's interview I think I've posted the behind the scenes before, but we ended up making a soft box out of one of those like luggage carts at a hotel, a big tablecloth and a light panel. And it, it worked out pretty well. But uh, so we had met them, but I don't know that Matt had any memory of who I was or anything. So they were like, hey, would you come up for the weekend? And it was another opportunity that was like, OK, this isn't this isn't exactly like exactly what I want to be doing long term. This isn't exactly the amount of money that I would prefer to get for what I think my value is, but I haven't proven myself in this space. And so it's a really good opportunity to go just show up and be helpful. And so I went up there for the weekend, captured a bunch of stuff, had a blast, delivered some edits for them and ended up sort of going radio silence again for like another six months. Um, I, you know, I think we had like one or two conversations, but they were just sort of sitting on the content for a number of reasons outside of anyone's control, which I totally respect. But, you know, I think there's part of me in every one of these gaps, there's always the party that's like, oh, I thought that was going to be cool. And it doesn't seem to be paying off right now. Like the, the doubt creeps in. And so then cut to Friday, um, Heber calls me, I was at the science center with my nephews and he was like hey man we got a call that uh youtube wants to feature us in this big advertising thing they're doing it like upfronts about creators they need a dp to come shoot us shooting the quarterfinals in vermont would you be able to come up tomorrow or sunday and i was like well i can't do tomorrow but i can do sunday uh, and Heber was like great i'll put you in touch with the agency I ended up having this awesome conversation the guys at the agency were super cool um lucy and stan and it was just like, oh man, it, it was a little bit closer, you know, where now it was like, okay, instead of, instead of sort of just doing the vlog thing a little bit, I'm getting to show more of like my cinematic storytelling chops while serving the people in front of me. So I'm not going to sit here and like overly flex, but when I get the opportunity, I'm going to do the best job I can. And that was an opportunity to like do a better job. And it was an opportunity that, again, to be honest, is like we're getting closer and closer back to where, you know, my commercial rates were a year ago <laughs> or, or even a few months ago, sort of before I took a break from DPing. And so there's all this groundwork that was laid over the last few years that now it's like, OK, you show up, you help people believe in what they're doing, you help people who you believe in what they're doing. My dog sees someone. Jackson. And... uh and you believe that it'll pay off and maybe it doesn't. And sometimes it doesn't. I've definitely helped a lot of people who have been happy to take that and just 
run away with it. But the other side of that is there are lots of people who will see that and value it and will want you to be a part of helping them or someone else again in the future. But I just try to focus on being helpful. And so I got to be a part of this thing, you know, woke up at 5 a.m., to go drive three and a half hours to Burlington to shoot with them for three or four hours to then drive back three and a half hours. And then I was just laughing because it was one of these things where I was like, man, a year ago doing like commercial stuff, I definitely would have just passed on something like this because I would have been like, it's not enough money. It's not creative enough. It's not whatever. And doing it now, I had so much fun. Like that day was one of the best days of my last few months and just getting to to shoot and tell the story of what Heber and Marston and Julian are doing. And I feel like I resonate with their story so much. So my ability to, to ask them questions and to film it, um, just felt really, really valuable in that moment. And then to also get to like have the interaction I did with Matt and say, thank you. And to tell those guys, Hey, you've been a part of my story and thank you. And you're continuing to be a part of my story. And so it's, it's just really cool. And, I was trying to think if there's anything else on like the business side. Uh, oh, I guess one small thing that maybe like to make this all not just like a story about me, maybe some like little takeaways. The agency had their their day rate for, you know, sort of a shooter. And they were like, hey, okay, we have $1,900 for you to shoot for a few hours. And I was like, that's fine. I'm like, I don't know. I, I didn't care to get into any sort of like negotiation fight because at this point it was going to be like a couple hundred bucks and I just don't care that much. I wanted to be a part of it. They had me. And so they, they had more value to offer me than I had to offer them in that moment from my perspective. And maybe that's not right, but I was like, I'll take it. But I did bring up with Lucy on our call. I was like, Hey, at the end of the call, Stan had left, we were talking about paperwork and billing stuff. And I was like, I did have a question. Do you guys have any sort of like per diem or mileage stuff or anything? Um, because it is a bit of a drive. And she was like, oh, really? Like, how far is it? And I was like, oh, it's, it's three and a half hours. And she's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, we, you know, we definitely can figure out helping you with that. Um, and she was like, what, what would feel good? And I was like, I don't know. I actually didn't think this far ahead. And I should have. But I was like, I, I think, you know, between gas and food, like if we call it a hundred bucks, I'd be happy. And she was like, can we just make a deal now? We call it a hundred dollars. You invoice us for $2,000 and we're good to go. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So it's like just being honest in that moment of like, Hey, here's a thing. And she might've said, yeah, sorry, there's no way. So I'm not going to approach it from like a, Hey, twist my, twist your arm sort of way. But I'm going to say honestly, like, Hey, this is a thing that's on my radar. And I try to do a good job about the call. You know, this is another little thing of like showing care, not not selfishly showing care, but going, hey, here's the thing. Did you guys think about Flickr because you're shooting 25p? Hey, the guys are shooting 24 because they're working on their YouTube show. Like, here's a thing about audio that we might want to consider and just showing up in a caring way and helping them solve problems before they show up gets you to the point where now when you need something, people people want to help you back out, you know? But when you're just like, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm going to be a stickler on this. Yeah, like you have to, it has to be a give and a take. And if if it were a situation where like, I really don't want to do this and this doesn't feel good, I would have just said, hey, I don't think it's a good fit, but I wanted to do it. And so now we're going to make it mutually beneficial. And so it was. And so I ended up going out there, shot the dang thing, shot in the FX9, shot it all, shockingly enough, on my Sigma 40 millimeter 1.4 with, uh, I want to say some glimmer glass on it and it looked awesome. Used the little road wireless go to, so I could mic both the guys at the same time, have my little Sankin mic. It's a killer little dock setup. 
someone asked me to do one of these about my thoughts on Sony and I will, if you want me to, I wonder if it's better for me to do it by myself or with someone asking questions, but the quick uh, sort of clickbait thing I'd say there is for jobs like this one that I'm talking about, I think the FX nine is a better choice than the Amira was. So take that for what you will. But, uh, yeah, <sighs> I think that's my story. I, is there any other major piece to it? Um, I guess the other major piece is like just that there's continued opportunities. I have a really good relationship with this agency now. I ended up, or at least from my perspective, I do. I did my best over the weekend to make sure that they got all their footage ASAP. I uploaded everything to their frame account. We punched out a bunch of proxies for them. And honestly, that's one of those things that's like, I could have been a stickler on like, this wasn't part of the deal. Um, because you know, we didn't talk about me rendering a whole bunch of proxies of everything. And, you know, me media managing the bros stuff was maybe outside of the traditional scope of a DP in this situation. But if we're in a deal, once you're in a deal with someone, I think my, my thought is to show up and be helpful. And if you hit a boundary that like you really feel strongly about, then communicate it and work it out. But like, don't, uh, don't get too rigid with anything and things generally work out that way. So thank you guys for listening to this. I have been surprised to see how high the download numbers were for a feed that I thought was borderline dead and that I haven't, I mean, I obviously I teased it, which probably, probably is how you guys found it. But uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you guys. I'm excited for more of the stuff on the pipeline here. And if you're listening to this and have made it this far and there's anything specific that you want me to talk about, let me know, because this is a really cool place where I can sort of unpack things in a relatively time-efficient way that's, uh, it's a lot of fun for me. Oh, and remember, keep it secret.